Hello and welcome to episode 1028 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, March 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, the 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 uh, basketball-esque offseason continues. The, the NBA, NFL-esque offseason continues. We got a ton of moves to talk about, and I figured on the heel of all those moves, what could we fit in? I thought it was maybe not robust enough to just be a moves show, so we'll do the reliever preview. We'll move that up. I think that's a one-shot that we can do. You don't think uh, we can do uh, outfielder in one shot? <laughs> that's adorable we can't do outfield in one shot with no moves on the day but let's dive right in because things have mm-hmm. stayed fast and furious um matt chapman traded to toronto the oakland teardown is is happening in, in earnest we are familiar with that it's not done um i think ramon Laureano could be shipped out montas manaya you know they they're 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 starting over they they, they do this a lot so there'll be a ton of prospects playing for them. We talked about this with the Matt Olson thing. But let's talk about Chapman going to Toronto. Matt Chapman had a really rough year last year. Now, I don't know if the hip is the cause here. And I, it's hard to know without him doing like some sort of interview to kind of line uh, line up what was wrong and what, what wasn't, if anything, because he played 151 games. So right, he was healthy enough to suit up and play. Matt Chapman is definitely one of those guys that would play it like an 85, 90% clip to get out there and grind it out. And his bat suggests that maybe that's what was happening because his strikeout rate was up at 33%, a full season high by a lot. And uh, he did hit 27 homers, but a 210, 314, 403 line. And I noticed that he had a big gap at the top of the zone where high heat was really troubling Matt Chapman. And uh, he just, he couldn't get to that pitch consistently. And I wonder if that might've had something to do with the hip or if it's been a hole in his swing, Toronto will help, but it's not a magic elixir. First off, that park is not an elite pit hitters park anymore with the, uh, with the humidor in. So that alone won't do it. The lineup is markedly better. And that does help, you know, a, a lineup of protection can certainly help. But is there a path to Matt Chapman picking back up where his 2019 left off when he was on the full Josh Donaldson trajectory? Because now joining Toronto at age 29 gets him back on the Josh Donaldson trajectory. Can his numbers get there as well? What say you regarding Matt Chapman in Toronto? I mean, absolutely. His numbers can get back there. Um, You know, I think he needs to become a little bit less aggressive. Uh, kind of go back to the, the swing percentages we, we saw back in 2019. Um, and if there is a health thing, obviously that is uh, that could be something that's holding him up. I don't know if that's what it is, like you said. Um, that being said, I'm also not going to bank on things changing. This is a great landing spot, right? He's going to get a lot more runs and RBIs than he would have uh, in Oakland because Oakland's going to be atrocious. Yeah, even um, moving down in the lineup. You know, it, it. Who cares? I'll take him batting six here, then as opposed to batting third in in Oakland's teardown. You know, uh, I think the overall pitching in the AL East is probably a maybe a little bit worse. You know, um, but maybe not. I mean, I think it's probably pretty close. Uh, the parks overall, I think, are better than they are in the in the AL West, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This changes a ton for me. Um, some more well, runs in RBIs, but that's about it. I, I don't think uh, there's a whole lot, you know, different than what we talked about last episode. Low thirties, low thirties, eighty, eighty, two twenty, high two twenties. That's the projection, pretty much mm-hmm. across the board. How do you feel about that? I f- I feel good about that. I don't know that I want to mess with that batting average though. Because I think there is a reasonable, op, you know, reasonable chance that he hits like two ten, and then we talked well, that's about what he hit like, last year. Yeah, then then we talked about like, you know, what it takes to pull that up. It takes two guys, True. especially when it's a guy like Chapman who's going to play every single day. So yeah, because that defense. Yeah, um, but I thought I thought you like batting average guys that like, I mean, 
you know, I, not just when you're when you're tanking uh, batting average, but just as a general thing to try to to try to you know take the quality skills and then hope that mm-hmm. they can they can pop a better batting average. Maybe he gets back into the 250 range of 2019 for Chapman. I just don't. Is see that how not the case it. with him? Okay. I just don't. I don't see it with him. I like it. I think. I mean, there obviously can be variants, but I, I, with the way he is attacking pitches and swinging and missing. 230 feels like the ceiling or pretty close to it. Like, right. I think it would, um, no, I think it would depend on closing that, that hole at the top of the zone mm-hmm. um, and, and getting those strikeouts back down because 18 and 19, he didn't have a high, high swing strike rate and he had a mid twenties strikeout rate. Chapman did he hit 278 the one year, 249 and 19, but that was with a 270 Babbitt. So there was some thinking that like, oh, you know, he, the Babbitt was down a little bit. The batting average could come back and maybe be in the two sixties. Then he went the other way in the shortened season when he was also dealing with the hip, he only played 37 games, strikeout rate at 36% batting average at 232. Then last year, 33% strikeout rate, 210 average Babbitt down again. So I don't know. I, th- I think that I certainly think the ceiling's higher. I, I, I think you're, you're selling him short to ignore pre 2020 it does require some fixing for Chapman. I'm not banking on it. I will take the projection at face value, high tw- high two twenties, thirty, eighty, eighty. Uh, but I'm comfortable with that. In fact, you know, I, I had a bunch of Matt Chapman shares even before this trade. Four of eight. I, I got fifty percent exposure on my leagues. I'm obviously pleased by this deal. I was comfortable taking him as an A. Obviously, I love him now as a J with regards to Chapman. Yeah, I mean, I think the overall ceiling is extremely high. I mean, just because he's in that lineup. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen him be, you know, be a better contact hitter than this before. And and like we said, Are are you buying, though? No, I don't think so. Okay, so you you have not bought and you're not really open to buy? No. Now, you were buying Suarez previously, yes, before the Mm -hmm. move? Because he goes right around Chapman. Uh, so does Donaldson. Donaldson improved his situation. So between those three, Donaldson, Chapman, Suarez, you go Donaldson in New York now? Yes. Eduardo Escobar versus Chapman? No. I, yeah. Escobar, I, Escobar. I, yeah, Escobar hitting in that park at the bottom of the lineup. Um, I don't love that. Where's Chapman yeah. projected to hit? Um, check that. Six. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, six in that, that lineup. Yeah. That's that's pretty hot. Um, last one then. Ryan McMahon versus Matt Chapman. I'll take Ryan. It's, I'll it's take Ryan. Around higher cost with McMahon, generally speaking. You also get multi-positional eligibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Colorado. Yeah. I'll take Chapman. And they just got Chris Bryant. So that team is a winner. They did just get Chris Bryant. Let's uh let's transition into that move. I do like this move. Uh on both ends, really. Listen, I know it makes no sense with what they've done recently. But we can't crush them for all these stupid moves that they do. And then when they actually try to make a move that pushes forward, continue to roast them. I mean, we can and people did, but I, I'm it's fine a, with it. It's this a different move. GM. Right, well, like, yeah, I know, but like their whole don't, Colorado essence has always. Yeah, I know, permeated. but like, but like as much as we love saying Rocky's gonna Rocky, like it's a new GM. Yeah, he he probably doesn't make the Arenado deal, right? Like, he yeah, probably or, or trades Story or Gray at the deadline, which yeah, done. So I mean, I think he um, it, it's a new GM. It's you know, give him a break. Uh, you know. The more I think about it, the more I like this this deal for them because they're not a team like Oakland or Pittsburgh or Baltimore where you look at that team and you go, oh, my God, this is awful. No, um, they, and they can't afford to be. They have too many guys that are in their mid-20s, low-30s. Mm-hmm. Like This team is – I'm this not is, saying they're good, but they got no. to do something. You know, they're just unfortunately for them in the wrong division – yeah, where even if they added three or four pieces, they'd still be the fourth best team in the division. <laughs> True, um, it would make life uh, difficult. Now, there's extra playoff spots this year, so I mean, maybe they're just looking, going, "Hey, maybe we can go on a run." Um, you know, we've got a full rotation. They added to the bullpen, mm-hmm. um, 
And, you know, maybe we can try to sneak and grab one of those last playoff spots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like it for, I mean, obviously it's great for, uh, for Bryant. Going it's great for to, Bryant. So, yeah, you've been pretty out on him. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Did you not see my tweet? Oh, no, no, no. Let me uh, let me pull it up because this is the, obviously the best place that he could go. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I, I don't see the projections raising that much. In fact, his home run output is like similar to last year's. RBIs and runs are up into the mid, mid to high 80s, and then the batting average takes a big jump into the 280s. Although ATC, I wonder if they've updated. They still have him at a 271, which is only six points higher than Bryant hit last year. I feel like he's going to hit higher than that. Um, hang on, I'm pull, I'm gonna pull up your tweet here unless you want to just read it to me. Uh, I, it was pretty much it just it said me updating my ranks on Chris Bryant later, and it was a, a guy at a computer just like crying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you you have not been the biggest fan. So, and I, I asked this, and I was like, what is? And I, I didn't quite get an answer, but I'm curious. Like, what is the the anti take with, uh, with, with Brian because I, I'm not quite understanding where some of because you're not alone you're not mm-hmm. alone at all so what what is what is the deal? He looked really really bad with the Giants. I mean, really really bad. Um, and I don't know if that's a matter of like maybe he was dealing with something, maybe just leaving his only home. You know, had like mm-hmm. a mental effect and. The Giants Park is not an easy place to hit in either. So uh it could have been a lot of things, but I mean he really struggled. Like he just looked like someone who um was overly frustrated the entire time he was there. He still had a uh, seven eighty-eight OPS, one thirteen WRC plus two. So looking like he did, but still being an above average bat. That's the thing for me. It's like whenever we try to critique Chris Bryant, I still come back to a firmly above average guy. Uh, outside of 20 who cares played half of uh mm-hmm. half of a third of a season and it, it was that was a disaster no no bones about it with that but i also hear a lot about like injury and the only season that's really been undercut by injury was 2018 when he played 102 games 147 and 144 the last two full seasons i can deal with that uh, you know he offers some power doesn't really give much with the ribbies because he generally bats second which uh has not been a great rbi spot but also throws in some chip-in speed. Obviously, now it's hard to make the case against him being in Colorado. Mm-hmm. But <gasps> I'll get to this in a minute. But I'm so freaking excited by something that just happened. But I don't think Chris Bryant should have been hated on as much even before. Yeah, maybe I've been a – I mean, I've never been a Chris Bryant guy. I know. I, and, but, yes, you know, but you're also not me. alone. So this is not really yeah. a, a Justin-specific um, attack. And I was trying to talk – I was talking with Bubba because uh, I know that he was kind of like, I'm not going to fall for this. I'm not going to fall for this. And I'm I'm just trying to get to the heart. Like, what is the – you said he's bad with San Francisco, but you've been out forever. So what – there has to be more injuries to in the Injuries in the past has been okay. my biggest concern. Um and as much as he hasn't missed like a huge extended period of time outside of um what year was it 2018 he also missed i mean he did miss some time in 2020 he only played 34 games uh, and he just always seems like he's nicked up like he's one of those guys i think that plays through injury as opposed to going on the IL and getting better um there's something always maybe maybe he's just too good looking like maybe <gasps> Maybe I'm jealous. He's got beautiful eyes. Yes, Um, he does. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I've moved him up, uh, in my third base ranks. I moved him up to 10. I'm kind of debating between him and Justin Turner. I love Justin Turner, but Mm -hmm. Justin Turner has Justin Turner over. Yeah. I don't think I can. So I'm not moving him above Bregman. Um, so I've, I'm going to move him, I'm going to move him to eight. Um, right. and I moved him to five. Greg. Wow. You put him above Bregman? No, Danny Bregman's Arenado? four. Bregman's four. Oh, you... I did put him above Arenado. Oh, where do you have Mondesi? Eight. I, I, it's like, I have your ranks right here. I can just, yeah, th- those should be uh, updated longer. too. Well, maybe not with the Bryant. No, yet. Not. Um, so you moved him above. You moved him above Arenado, Riley, and Mondesi? 
Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, it's going I to think- the best place to hit in the world. Like, we, we obsess over, like, we spent, you know, an hour talking about what this does for Connor Joe and, and how much, you know, airtime have we wasted on the likes of, like, Garrett Hampson and all these other clowns that are, like, you know, lower division players there. And we're not going to go crazy for somebody who's an established star level player going there. Yeah, I, I'm super in on this. KB to Colorado puts him at number five for me and dual okay. eligible. So I said that he is likely going to push up into the top 75. You're clearly here for that. Is he a top 50 player? No, I think I think 51 to 75 range works for me somewhere. And I don't know that I'm quite going top 50 because I don't think I have Bregman. Really, I, and I don't usually do like an overall. Yeah, no, uh, no, I ranking, don't either. I, I think but, overall uh, rankings are. I just don't uh, think they're valuable. Are, yeah, they're useless. I, I, I had this discussion with someone um, who ended up subscribing to our Patreon. Appreciate that. And so I'm like, I think that overall rankings are misleading. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, think they, they um, I think they end up telling people, um, hey, just draft off this list. Yeah. Um, and that's not how you should draft. Uh, I exactly. do I do positional rankings because if you just draft off a straight one list, you're gonna look at the end of your draft and go, Oh, this is awful roster construction. You won't win. It's just um, it's it's too hard to have like strong roster construction. I totally yeah. agree there, and that's why I don't like to do it. I think rank, rankings by position is much more valuable, and so that's why I focus on that. Uh, and yeah, so I moved I moved Bryant way up. Um and you and you're you're at least more in now, and I I respect that uh, that you saw that, well, no, I, that you I'm, had to make a move. Sell me on. I I can understand over Bregman. You don't even have him over. Bregman. No, I don't have him over um, oh, Arenado. Sell me over Arenado. I mean, he's going back to Arenado's. Like he's going to be what Arenado was. Maybe not fully because he he does not going to bat third or fourth for the ribbies. But he gets he gets the benefit that Arenado used to have. We saw what that did. He again, he will not be Arenado. Arenado hit like forty one twenty was like his baseline with a big batting average. But Chris Bryant's already had good batting averages, career two seventy eight, going to the best place in the universe to hit batting average. I see the projections in like the mid to high twenties for his homers. Those have to not be updated. Actually, maybe what they are is that they have fewer games because they're in like the one thirty to one forty range of games. But he's a thirty home run hitter now. Uh, I think he could score a hundred runs again. And so, yeah, like two eighty five, thirty eighty, ninety with uh, seven stolen bases. How, how is that not great? It is great. As I, I just, I just think like you take a quality player and you put him in the best environment that we've ever had. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Um, ooh. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, I'm gonna move in front of Bregman. Okay. Who I had? Who I had at seven? Now I'm gonna. And, I, and maybe, I maybe I should do that to be honest too because. Is the injury risk with Bregman? And, and there is injury risk with Bregman's wrist. You know, we don't know where it's at, and I don't know a hundred percent if you know a fully healthy Bregman is going to throw in some chip in speed. It's been a minute. Like the expectation is probably zero. Like I think that's fair if people are coming in saying I'm not getting anything from Bregman. I do wonder if he can get back to that. He had five and 19, 10 and 18, 17 and seventeen. For Bregman and then one since, but that's been two injury addled, you know, season and a half type deal, season plus. This is this is unreal. This is just unreal. What? Are you watching the doc? Oh no, hang on. What'd you put? Look where I have Bregman on third base. Oh, wait, 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 hang on. I was looking at the wrong doc. When oh, tabs open, Justin, you don't even know. Actually, you probably do. You're probably a tab. Yeah, yeah. Like me. I I learned how to group. You got them, uh, tabs, baby. Yeah, yeah. I moved them up to five. Grouping tabs is like, huge. I'm just. I mean, now there's some risk, and I definitely there's some risk. But like he's. But, I mean, how, how how can you not love a guy going to Colorado? And again, I talk about the, the the clowns that we care about going to Colorado. How could we not care about somebody who's actually good? 
going there and be and I th- like I think aggressive the arg- about it. The argument for Bryant is because a large part because of the pool at third base, right? Like exactly outside. I mean, Arenado is safe. He's absolutely safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But Riley's got risk. Mondesi yeah. obviously has risk. Bregman has risk. Rendon has, has risk. risk. Hayes has risk. Well, Turner has risk. So if I'm going to take the risk, why don't take it in Colorado? And that's kind of where I'm at. So I think we're on the same so, page here. I don't know that that means I end up with him, but, but you're more open I'll to take, it. I'll, I'll take him over those other third bases. Excellent. I love it. I respect the move, and uh, we're we're in lockstep here. Now, the the move that having geeked out. And I, I, I almost just skipped over the whole Brian talk. Whoa, I, can't I didn't that. even see this next move. Luke, when did this boy, happen? Just now, dude. Oh, like, okay, I literally right. reacted to it, in, like, uh, you know, right when it came across. Luke Voigt to the Padres. We saw a little bit of rumoring about this last night. It is going to happen for a uh, right-handed minor leaguer, Justin Lang. And I am just – I'm so excited. He's freed. And this is why I've been drafting him because – I knew if they were going to get a Freeman, Olsen, or Rizzo that they would move him because they just weren't going to keep a, a player like Luke Voigt just chilling on the bench. It's too good of an asset. He's freed, and I'm excited. Um, everyday DH, a little bit of mix in first base. Obviously, they'd love to get rid of Hosmer, but they're they're kind of stuck with that. He, think, he thickens up that lineup, too, because that lineup was low-key kind of meh in San Diego. Um, it's not even necessarily, especially take Tatis out, but even with Tatis, I remember seeing some things float around. I want to say Vlad or, or Jensted, one of them or both, were the guys that I saw kind of tweeting it out like San Diego's lineup is a little bit suspect. And again, this was with Tatis. Yeah, so now, now Tatis, Tatis got taken out. That's pretty rough, but it's Grisham, Machado, Cronenworth, Voigt, Hosmer, Myers, Nola, Profar, Kim, but Voigt right there in the middle. My boy's freed. Let's go. Now, not to give shares every time we talk about a player, but this is my most invested in players so far. Six of my eight leagues, Luke Voigt, um, and I I couldn't be happier. So that's, you know, I saw people tweeting out their, their Chris Bryant shares, catching that windfall, and that's awesome. I've had some negative ones, right? I'm, you know, big on Connor Joe as a DC type of guy, and obviously his mm-hmm. stuff gets muddied a little bit, although we disagree on, on what – uh, what this move is going to do? For I don't. Him. I don't think we do disagree. Honestly, I think we disagree. You on... think he's like toast? I don't think. No, I, I never said he's toast. Ah, uh, you. I said this hurts. I thought he was going to be a full time player that potentially led off for the Rockies. So I think the difference is I, I still was think higher, he can be, but I don't think he's not a full timer. Like he's probably four hundred fifty. I mean, probably, but like he still can be. He's the best so, hitter I, of that group. With I think Poppy you and I are Hillier. actually probably pretty close on Connor Joe. I just was higher before this all happened, and now I've I come back down. I don't think down. you were. I, I got I got him on fifty percent of my teams. I know I just said I wasn't going to name my my shares every time. I got him on fifty fifty percent of my teams. I will name my. I just shares. didn't think. I just are didn't we not feel supposed like... to do that? Is that a thing? No, 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 no. no. It, um, no like been... Yeah, you said Connor Joe's season over before it began was literally your tweet. You were burying him. I I mean, I do think there is a reasonable outcome where he starts the year in the liners. I do not agree with that. Sam Hilliard would start down before him, I think. I'm pretty sure he's out of options. He's not. He has he's not one out. option left. Um, and I just, I just don't see, I don't see that. I don't want to get bogged down in that yeah, combo no. again. Luke Voigt, um, Luke Voigt were you in before? San Diego. And are you in? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't in like you were in, but I, I definitely drafted him. Um, uh, and he will definitely be rising uh, in my ranks now that we know that he is uh, in a position to have full-time play appearances. They need to figure out, they just need to give away prospects to have someone take Eric Hosmer. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure they've tried. Let's be honest. I'm sure there's been things there's out gotta there. There's got to be a team. Like I mean, we we were just talking off air about the Orioles and how they have a thirty million dollar payroll currently, and seventeen million dollars of it is Chris Davis. Um, like you can't pay the Orioles to take or you know with prospects to take on that have, deal. They already have a first baseman eating up all their money. They don't need another one. Yeah, but he's not actually playing anymore. No, I know. I know he's really not. And it's 
I mean, they could just not play Eric Hosmer too. That would be yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, Luke Foy, this is, I mean, obviously the part change isn't great, um, but it's, it's still not, I mean, it's a, it's a fine park. It's a great team uh, in a, you know, um, a good division uh, with some real bottom feeder, bottom feeder teams uh, in it. So Tri- like this is, scores. yeah, I mean, this is going to be awesome for Voight as long as he stays healthy. The big concern is sure. like health with Voight, right? Like yes. on a per plate appearance basis, I think he is arguably a top seven or eight first baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, do we think he's going to get 450 plate appearances because of health? Um, and that's my biggest concern. So I, I say draft him and I don't have a problem getting aggressive on him, but make sure you have a really stable backup. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I probably have him front loaded at first base, even before I'm taking him. Cause I'm usually taking like, I've been in kind of the stud ranges on first base. Um, and then I also like, you know, some of those guys with the multi-eligibility over there, like his new teammate, Jake Cronenworth. So then by the time I'm getting void, I might already have two first base eligible guys. It's a deep pool that I really do love, you know, so I, I got like a Josh Bell and a, and a Pete Alonzo, and then I'm still taking Voight. So I am kind of covered there. And I totally agree with you. Like, make sure that you are protected a little bit, but man, he's priced to buy. I mean, in the Rotowire online champions, uh, of the last uh, from this month, I think I, I think most of them have been this month. It's 20, 20 from this month. He's the twenty eighth first baseman. Luke Voigt is at pick two seventy seven. That will go up, but I don't know that it's going to rise much more than say to like Mancini Guriel, which is twenty twenty one at first base, which is a uh, early two hundreds pick two ten two twelve. I think that's a still a very good price that uh, that leaves plenty of room for profit with Voigt. Yeah, that's about where I would put him. Like I, I moved him up. He was, I think, twenty fourth in my ranks. I moved him up to eighteenth. Okay. Um, right behind uh, Rizzo and Schwindel, and above uh, Scope and Nathaniel Lowe. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, this is a great landing spot for him. So, yeah, I like this for Void a lot. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, all right. Staying in the West, this one's pretty easy because it's just rich getting richer. I don't know. There's a whole lot to go over with Freddie Freeman out in L.A., uh, but they do they do indeed lock him up. That that lineup is disgusting. Let me ask you this. I know this other guy plays multiple spots, but does them getting Freeman give you any pause about Muncy's status? Or with the DH second and third, does it – is there nothing to read from from Freeman inking with the uh, with the Dodge? Let's talk Muncie first, then we'll get into Freeman specifically. Um, I mean, I don't know that it it definitely gives me a little pause, but I mean, I already was paused. You were already, it, yeah. You weren't paused. I, yeah. You turned the I game was, off. Yeah, I was frozen. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is not um not going to happen for me. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I mean, but that I think is more um, confirmation bias than anything else. Oh, look now, like Muncy, Muncy clearly isn't healthy. They went out and got Freddie Freeman when any team would be dying to go get Freddie Freeman outside of the Braves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you know. Ultimately, I think this is just the Dodgers being the Dodgers and going, "Hey, listen, we have money. We'll spend it. Look at this lineup." Um, which is understandable because uh, they can get arrested for the indecency of this uh, lineup. It is it's absolutely um, disgusting. It's filthy. Uh, it's truly how, filthy. How, how amazing this lineup is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, care- I'm careful to read too much into it for Muncie's sake because he's not a first base only guy. He can play second and third and the DH is there. So maybe mm-hmm. they're just saying we'll keep him off the field. He's going to play mostly DH. So that's fine. Uh, Freeman, from one good spot to another in terms of uh, uh, team context, obviously, like it actually gets better somehow. You go from the world champs to the Dodgers, and it's actually improved. I will say, though, for lefties, Dodger Stadium, not 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 that good. Um, mm-hmm. It's It goes from a 103 park factor in Atlanta to a 98 here. So it is a move from eight 
to 20, but that's because there's a lot of ties at a lot of different numbers. So it's a five point dip. I'm not worried about it for Freeman. Um, he was already no, because I mean, there's going to be a lot more people on base. Exactly. A lot more people being driven, driving him in. Um, there's nowhere know. to really move him though, because we already had him too. You're not moving him over Vlad, are you? No, no, no. Okay. Um, then I, this just sure means I likely won't get him again. Because I think people are going to start first now. Yeah, especially with you know Acuna dropping out of the first round and Tatis dropping out of the first round, he's probably going to be a late first, and I'm just probably not going to take him. Yeah, um, which is fine because uh, I've I've already got him on a few teams. I got him at the end of the second round uh, in a number of leagues, um, so I'm uh, I'm I'm stoked. Uh, for my fantasy teams and super unstoked for my real life fanship <laughs> yeah. uh, as a Giants fan, this is just another example of not only the Dodgers getting a fantastic player, but a really likable person oh, that yeah, I enjoy dude. watching. That and is, now I'm going to have to watch 17 times or 15 times a year. I can't remember what how many times a year it is anymore of him just destroying my Giants and <laughs> Screw you, Dodgers. I hate you all. Let them let them get stuck with Tyler Rogers having to pitch the three batters in the third is Freddie Freeman. And he throws one of those little little lollipop frisbees in there in the uh in the nitro zone and, and Freeman gonna send it into the uh into the cove there. Unreal, um, dude. By the way, let me go back to something real quick. And they still have an amazing farm system. That's the thing. Yeah, they're just like, continuing to bring up guys. Like they they're unbelievable. They're the Dodgers are unbelievable. Believable. Like it's uh, just with, not gonna get worse. They're just no. gonna be a monster for the next decade. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's them. it's really hard to see where it goes wrong for them. Uh, cycling back, my my exuberance for Bryant and then Voigt made me pass over the aftermath in Oakland. Is there now for a guy that we have talked about, but we didn't really have much to say because we didn't know that he was going to play much in Toronto. Kevin Smith is probably the most fantasy-relevant piece going back. Gunnar Hogland's not going to – he's a mm-hmm. recent draftee, has uh, TJ, and then Zach Logue and Kirby Snead are, are relievers. Kevin Smith's going to play every day now, and it's guys like this and Pache and Langoliers and, and uh, like Seth Brown that are going to play every day, which is why I don't think that they're going to be like some 110-loss team. Kevin Smith – Again, uh, if you missed our chat about him back when we talked uh, second base, I think um, he had a double double the last two, last three major minor league seasons: twenty one eighteen last year, nineteen eleven the year before, and eighteen seventeen in back in twenty eighteen. Double double, of course, is uh, double digit homers and stolen bases. So he really kind of broke out last year at AAA with a two eighty five, three seventy five, sixty one line and those twenty one homers and eighteen steals. Uh, that was only in 94 games for Kevin Smith. If he's installed at third base unencumbered, does he become a sleeper for you? Or, or you know, I, I think he'll still maintain sleeper status, even with some attention being placed on him. I doubt Kevin Smith moves to a place where people are going crazy for him. So how do you feel now that he goes to Oakland, Kevin Smith, prospect for formerly for the Jays? I like him a lot. This is really interesting. And you said he's third base eligible? Um, well, he's gonna play third. I, I want to say he's actually second base eligible in the um, NFBC world. I'm looking that up right now. Oh no, no, he should be third because that's all he played last year when he came up. Yeah, he played 18, uh, 18 games at third. So he, Kevin Smith, is already third base eligible. He might add in season, but he might just be the everyday third baseman and stay there. All right. So this is what kind of sleeper he is. Right now, because um, I've been doing ADP analysis, so my mm-hmm. ADP is set for draft champions, deepest leagues, right? 50 mm-hmm. round draft, 15, 15, 50 round draft and holds. Um, and, uh, oh, there he goes. Um, his ADP is 686 over the uh, since the end of January. 686. Now, um, let's take a I quick think look. he's... I think he I think he is 30 round league viable here. There's only been one online championship mm-hmm. uh the last like two days, uh mm-hmm. 16 and 17, yeah. uh, Wednesday yeah. and Thursday. He was drafted in it, but literally the tenth to last pick. So the last picks, round. Picks up 
pick 359, yeah. That's going to go up, I think, for Kevin Smith. Absolutely. Especially if he does anything in spring. Now let's try to place him in the third base realm here uh, because we believe he's going to go up. Kevin Smith versus Josh Harrison. Kevin Smith. Same. Tyler Wade. Kevin Smith. Same. Joey Wendell. Kevin Smith. Same, but that one's a little bit closer. Um, I, I could see a team build thing where if I want a little bit more stability, maybe I go with Wendell because he's kind of boring. You get a floor there. Smith maybe for the upside. Here's where it starts to get maybe a little bit dicey. These guys are going pretty late in uh, in drafts too. By the way, uh, there were five drafts in that period. He was only drafted in one. That's what I should have said with regards to Kevin Smith. Not that there was only one draft. Uh, Evan Longoria versus Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Mike Moustakis versus Kevin Smith. Moustakis. Yeah, I think Moustakis is too low at 347. Patrick Wisdom. That's a really interesting question because the additions of VR um, yeah, makes me wonder how committed they are. And Suzuki makes me wonder how committed they are to wisdom. Um, the beauty with VR, though, is you can play everywhere. I think... I think I still go wisdom, but that one is really close. I mean, kind of depends okay. on your team. Context. Team build would matter there Do you too. Need if you speed just need the raw or power. elite power. Yeah. Last one because his situation changed for the worse recently. Abraham Toro versus Kevin Smith. Toro. I'm gonna go Smith on that. I think it's close though. I, I think so too, and I, I think I wind up. I wind up Smith at that point, but uh, yeah. So Kevin Smith and you know what credit to some of our listeners because we had some chat. I want to say maybe at the second base position, uh, just a comment on that pod post of like, Hey, y'all didn't talk anything about Kevin Smith. This was well before any trade. This is when he's still with Toronto and we got a tweet in, in a different context, not even after that pod. So two different people, maybe the same person on different uh, uh, venues, but Two different times asked about Kevin Smith. So to those people, I hope you were already drafting him because you were getting the sickest price, and now it's going to go up. But it won't be cost this prohibitive. Is, this is very reminiscent, and I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't end the same way, but very reminiscent of Andres Jimenez. Um, those people who were drafting him before he was traded uh, to the Guardians. Um, that's, that's a good call out. So, I mean, and it's, it's probably a pretty good comp because, I mean, there is a – realistic chance that he falls flat on his face i think the difference is oakland may just let him play through that exactly Um, so uh i think he's he's a very very interesting prospect i think defensively he'll be fine at third base Mm -hmm. um and so like i think he can uh play every day and um i think at worst he's like a 10 15 guy um, and I think at best he's like a 2015 guy. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited by Kevin Smith here going to um maybe a 10-10 guy. Going to Oakland. Yeah, you know, I mean he's he's run though, and if they like again, we he's saw not last super year. fast. No, he's not super fast, but uh he's not terrible on the bases. And we saw that you know they'll allow a guy. If, if they're doing their thing and, and they're smart on the bases like Marte. Now, he's not Marte, but I don't think that he'll be uh, distrusted to, mm-hmm. you know, run on the bases. I, I think I that, know, our part is we have no idea what kind of manager Mark Kotze is. Like, true. we have just no clue. Like, we don't know if he's going to be an aggressive on the base bats kind of guy or not. Like, we just we really don't know. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's really interesting. I think in the majority of drafts, because the majority of people aren't playing on NFBC, right? Yeah. This is a guy you can sneak through with your last pick in just about every league. I think that's accurate. People aren't going to be attuned to like they're they're going to see the the Matt Chapman deal, but they're going to be they're not going to think about what's going back like in ninety five percent of leagues. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that. That there's a chance that Kevin Smith does not really get any of the buzz, especially in mixers. In AL only, yeah, he's going to start to get some love, and those are deeper leagues. But, uh, yeah, keep Kevin Smith on your radar. It could be a little speed bastion yes. late in drafts as well. Um, all right. 
Cal Schwarber to Philly goes from one hitters park to like he just keeps touring the best lefty hitters parks here. Uh, Boston number one over the last three years, Philly number four, Washington number five, and those are the three stadiums he's played in. So he's in number four. Nothing really changes in terms of his outlook there. You said that you're starting to move him up though. Did you have Schwarber maybe a little too low, and now that he signed, you kind of did your deep dive, and you're like, holy smokes. Let me get because that's this, I'm speaking from experience. That's how I did it because I had him way too low. Um, I don't know that I had him way too low, but I'm definitely moving him up. Um, and I think he could be like I, I think there is a reasonable argument between him and Giancarlo Stanton. I that's exactly who I moved him above, and I have or I had Giancarlo Stanton 25th. Yep. So I think I'm putting Kyle Schwarber um, there. Yeah, that is. Um, so. By the way, just uh, for the sake of uniformity, uh, I, I will give you a recommendation. You can take it or leave it. Do you want to throw the UT only guys into your outfield rankings? Because that's what I did because I didn't really have a spot for them. And uh, that's where Otani would go, um, Cruz, um, and Franmil. I probably will do that this weekend. Because, yeah. If I, I, I if I have time. The hard part is right now it's like the, like, yeah, as you know, it's the busiest time of year, right? Yeah. And I, I've got the tag team draft and tout auction, which I will be live streaming the tout auction on Saturday, getting lots of questions about that. Let's go. Um, I will be live streaming that potentially with special guests like Alex Chamberlain, who joined me for the entire t- uh, auction last year. Let's go. I have um, uh, I have beat Paul Spore coming on Monday. I'll also be streaming that. Do you have tout too? Twitch.tv. Yes, Sunday night on Sunday or Sunday afternoon. So I'll be streaming that as well. So uh, yeah, so all seven hours of the tout auction, I'm sure. Uh, I will be I will be live streaming. Um, no, that that'll be great. But that that's just a recommendation there. Um, I do know that mine are in there, and that creates a little bit of discrepancy with us, but nothing that like messes up the rankings. But I ended up getting Schwarber right. Ahead. I love that you mentioned Sand because that's exactly who I popped him ahead of. Um, and I got this power cluster here, and I'm pretty big on this guy. So maybe you're going to be jarred. No, actually, we have him in lockstep. Let's go. I got Hanniger at 23, Schwarber 24, yeah. Franmil 25. And I, I'm honestly 26. probably going to move Hanniger up. Um, he's coming. This is the best shape of your life shit. But he looks really, really like he put on like 10 pounds of muscle. Think about his injuries. Um, they have not been chronic. Like they obviously we know the one. Well, it's with, it, with, with the man for me. Uh, the injuries still scare me a little bit, but they everybody don't really in scare me. everybody in the outfield has injury scare. I mean, I I got him in a tier with George Springer and Byron Buxton, Eloy Jimenez. Like these are all guys. And Giancarlo, that, like we just mentioned, like Giancarlo, is- like I mean, and so like, yeah, I, I think you know, are do injuries scare me with him? Absolutely. But do they scare me any worse than any of those guys? Absolutely not. That's so. what I'm saying. So that's why I got him. And I got him in that power cluster. I got Schwarber up there. I love it. Um, all right. Not, not a whole lot to analyze with Schwarber because he just gets from one spot to the next. Um, um, they're also great, talking- I, I was just going to great shout out to um, the Catcher's Corner podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, Eric Smolsky, um and Sammy. Uh, and then... Um, uh, Sarah Sanchez was on the episode, their most recent episode, and Sarah t- did a little breakdown of Schwarber. That's great, and one of the reasons why I started to move him up quite a bit. That's uh, excellent. So, uh, definitely go check that out. Batting in between Segura and Harper, if that number two spot is correct, even if they put Real Muto there and put him in the four spot, that's in between Harper and Hoskins. Anywhere in that top five is not a bad spot for Schwarber, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I'm excited. Oh, I think they said Schwarber. he's likely going to lead off. Even better. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't do the traditional, I know Segura is a little bit more of a traditional guy. Put Schwarber up there. That'd be amazing. I'd love mm-hmm. that. That would hit the RBIs, but I'll take the pop, I'll take the uh, the the runs boost there. Uh, you mentioned this when we talked about uh, Patrick Wisdom comparison. Saya Suzuki. Saya Suzuki out to the Cubs. And again, I think they announced their intentions pretty quickly when they got the Marcus Stroman deal that this is not a teardown. They are in too much of a like decent player position where they got a bunch of guys in their mid 
to late twenties, early thirties, that tearing it down would just be too much of a rebuild situation. So they bring on Stroman. They sign Miley off of uh, waivers from the Reds because the Reds are cheap pieces of shit. Um, and now they get Saya Suzuki to install in the middle of their lineup. How do you feel about Suzuki as a Cub? Uh, I mean, this is great. I mean, uh, I think some people are bummed that he didn't end up in Boston or LA or San Diego. Uh, I'm not sure while, that LA would have been a great spot. I don't know that he'd play every day there. Well, I, and I was literally going to say that about all three teams. Pa- pardon me. Pardon me. Go ahead. Um, you know, I mean, what we saw with Haseon Kim last year was this star uh, Korean player come over um, and uh, he, ha- you know, he, he's in such a good situation in San Diego that when he struggled, he didn't play um, mm-hmm. most of the year. That's not going to be an issue in Chicago. They're going to let him just play. Um, yeah. Now, this definitely muddies the situation. Again, go listen to this Catcher's Corner episode because Sarah is like plugged in on the Cubs. She writes for you know Bleed Cubby Blue. Um, she talks about this, but uh, yeah, he's going to play no problem. I don't have uh, any concerns about him. I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, Suzuki um, love- comes over. By the way, let me just say you mentioned Hasim Kim, our boy. He comes over, Suzuki comes over with even an, a higher pedigree. He's coming off a 38 homer season. Um, he doesn't maybe have as much speed potential as Kim did, but uh, the batting average, the, the slash line, and the power, like the offensive production is more impactful. And I believe that the Japanese uh, Central League plays uh, a bit higher than, than KBO. But I could be corrected on that if I have it wrong. So someone please correct me if I am wrong there. But Suzuki looks like he could be a G from day one. What are you kind of projecting from him for him loosely? Um, I'm gonna say 27 home runs, seven stolen bases. Oh, oh that is nice. What kind of batting average? 250. Okay, that's where the bad X has him. They got him at oh, okay. 250, but with 18 and eight. Um, your home run projection is met by Steamer with 28, and they got him at 286. Steamer, Steamer's what guy is the got bat have for Suzuki. Plate appearances. Uh, 507 versus 545 for Steamer, so not really enough there to counterbalance the 10 homers. Um, you know, it's hard to project guys coming over from overseas, even guys that we've had here in the majors before, let alone somebody brand new. Um, but there's a lot to like in this profile, and even acknowledging that. Japanese Central League is not MLB caliber, but more of like a quad A or even a triple A comp. If somebody hit 38 homers, um, even at age 26 in triple A, you'd be excited about them getting called up. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for Saya Suzuki. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, he, he dealt with the turmoil of the lockout and still decided to come over here. He could have easily said, no, I'll just resign and, and maybe try again down the line. And uh, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to taking him. Do you have Saya Suzuki anywhere? I don't think I do. Um, and I'm really regretting it because I just moved him up like 30 effing spots in my outfielder ranks. In the last couple of days, uh, in the online championships, so that that is a 12-team you know, with a seven-man uh, reserve roster, so you make moves weekly, not the draft champions. He's been the 40th outfielder Suzuki has at pick 158 on average. How does that hit your ear? I am is 43. So, so I mean, you're, you're more right, or less I'm, in lockstep. You're I'm right there. right there with the market. Um, I, maybe 44. Cause I just moved Chris Bryant up. Yeah. So, um, cause it's, I just, I just moved Chris Bryant up in front of Giancarlo Stanton too. Um, let's go. Uh, so yeah, I already, uh, already had him up there, but I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Suzuki. I got him 45 right now, and I haven't even made a move yet. I think I might have him. I think I might put him at 40. Uh, and kind you of know, right I there think with I'm, I'm going to have him higher too. I think I need to. Now he's got to move above there. To, to, going to move above there. So you will be open to drafting Suzuki now, yes? Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to put him 39. Okay. So you, uh, you're right there with the market. And uh, who's he by then? That's going to be by Ian Happ, his new teammate. Yeah, he's going to move right in front. Well, Ian Happ's going to have to come down because he's nicked up right now. I don't think it's serious. But but you're a little nervous. 
but I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season. Ah, okay. I actually did not know that. So he had a knee scope. Ah, um, okay. Okay. So I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season. So I think he starts the season on the IL. Um, so definitely he's got definitely got to down for that. Yeah. All right. Let's continue on then. Anthony Rizzo back to the Yankees. This is a pretty easy one. Like, he was already there. We knew that they were going to get a lefty first baseman. It was just a matter of if it was Freeman Olsen or Rizzo. They end up going kind of the cheaper route. Now, he's penciled atop the lineup. Do you think Anthony Rizzo leads off for the Yankees? And if so, how does how does that suit you? Or is he somebody that you're interested in? I know we've talked a lot about first base. Does Rizzo count amongst the depth that you're interested in? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, did you just say he's going to lead off? That is that is where we have him penciled in on roster resource. That is Jason's best wow. guess. I have not seen anything to confirm it, but what are you going to do? Put Isaiah Kiner-Falefa there? Aaron Hicks? Uh, Glaber Torres? Like Who really fits there better than Rizzo? And Rizzo's an on-base god. I feel like he could handle it. He has some leadoff in his career. It's, it's very minimal. I think it's been like you know Joe Madden would stick him up there to kind of jumpstart him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, 66 games over his career. Most recently, last year, five games leading off for Rizzo. So he never only really let he only let off one game um, for the Yankees last season, and it was on August 1st. Okay, so like shortly after they got him. So my uh, guess is he's going to hit two. Who's going to hit one though? Like, look at like they don't they don't have anything close to a traditional guy. So who's going to take that one spot? I don't think it's Glaber. No, I think you give up too much run production to put him there. A guy like that, that is so good at it. Uh, I mean, Lemayhew? oh yeah, I, we, we don't even Lemayhew penciling as a starter right now. I think it is Lemayhew. So wait, yeah. where? Okay. How do they, they not playing? have Lemayhew penciled as a starter? Because they got Torres at second, IKF at short. I still don't buy Isaiah kind of Falefa being their everyday shortstop. But I don't think Glaber Torres is on their team. You think he I gets think, moved? I, I think he gets moved. Okay. Well, then LeMayhew will be the obvious one. Um, okay. Are you moving Rizzo up? Or if LeMayhew just... is not an everyday player, I am in a lot of trouble. Oh, you have a lot of LeMayhew? Yeah, I do. I, I'd be pretty floored if he wasn't. I don't really see it. Unless they think that last year was more than just injury fallout, I, I don't see it. I don't really see how he's not an everyday player. Um, again, I don't buy IKF as the everyday starter. I'd rather put Glaber Torres at short. I think even though he's not, he's not good there. I, I don't care. I'm not starting IKF every day. That that that's wild to me. Like that makes no sense. So I don't know. Um, does Rizzo move up at all for you? I I, I kind of had him where I where I was going to have him. Not, this doesn't really change anything for me. What about you? Um. And by the way, that spot that I had him was uh, 16th. Yeah, I had him 16. I'm going to move him up to 14. Okay. Um, I'm going to jump him in front of your Yuli Guriel um, and Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, yeah, I got I got him above those. Well, actually, wait, my Mountcastle ranking is not up there. Okay, tough part now is I've done – I have my ranking sheet, but then I have the one with the comments. And now that I'm putting the comments on, I have to update. So my first base is not updated right now. It it's, it's, hasn't been updated since 3.7. I'll get to that. But we got to keep hustling here. Um, Eddie Rosario, back to Atlanta. Another, another back to a previous spot here. That's where he went at, at the deadline. Hit pretty well with them. He had an interesting season because – he wasn't hitting as well with Cleveland. And I think he was like maybe running to compensate, not for us fantasy dweebs, but to like, you know, mm -hmm. make sure he was contributing because he was, he was getting on base at a sub 300 clip at 296. He had seven homers, but had nine steals with Cleveland in 78 games. Well, then he goes over to Atlanta, plays there for a month because he was traded whilst hurt, like Schwarber. Seven homers, only two steals. Maybe that's part of coming off of the injury, but he's never really been a big steal guy. But got up to 271 and then was a playoff stud. One of the things I do like about Eddie Rosario is that he combines contact with the power, right? He kind of broke out as a power dude back in 2017, 27, 24, 32, 13 in the, in the shortened season. So that was still a big power season. Uh, only 14 last year. The ISO dropped to 177. You could probably attribute some of that to the injury, maybe some of the park 
I don't know. I actually don't know how Cleveland plays for lefties. It's pretty neutral. And I mentioned the Braves earlier are a little bit better. So it wasn't the park. He just had a little bit of a power outage. Does Eddie Rosario get back to his 20-plus homer hitting ways with a full yes. season in Atlanta? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think 20 and, you know, between 20 and 25 home runs, between 5 and 10 stolen bases is what I would expect um, okay. from, from Eddie Rosario. With a good batting average, too. With a good batting Career average, 275. Yeah. Hit 259 last year. I'm with you. Does he move in your rankings is the real question then? Or did you already kind of have him know? A little bit, but not much. Like okay. two spots, I think I moved him up. I, okay. I, I felt like he was going to – you looked at Atlanta and you went, look at that outfield. They need to bring somebody Especially in. with Acuna not being there for like the first month. Yeah, and I and I assume they also will bring back Corey Soler. Um, though those, those talks not. are apparently heating up with uh san diego as well defensively that's going to be rough though like, yeah you know um, you can't you, that means you have to have either ozuna or solaire in the outfield so um that's oof. that's not good it, and then what then what do you do yeah once you can't they Acuna can't sign back someone. they can't i don't i don't i don't think that they want to put a cuny in the center um coming off this knee injury even so. if they do like it's still untenable yeah like Solaire does not fit now that Rosario's there in my opinion. But I, but I mean yeah, with Rosario there, once Acuna's back, then one of them's out of a job. So or, or um, yeah, no, you're right. Like it's just it doesn't. Well, no, I think Duvall would probably take a big hit. He's the penciled-in center fielder right now. So you bring Acuna back, you move Azuna to DH. Oh no, it kills the DH, which is Alex Dickerson right now. No, Azuna's got to be the DH. Not penciled in right now. I mean, it doesn't matter. Ozuna and Wright, Dickerson and DH, or flip them. But either way, either way. Um, bottom that line, is bad. Solaire does not make any sense for them anymore. No, I think San Diego but, makes sense for them. Uh, yeah. Or I, for I think, Solaire. Uh, I think that, so. well, I mean, they did just get Rizzo, though. I mean, uh, Voight, who's probably a DH with Hosmer there. I don't mm, think sure. Solaire necessarily makes sense until they figure out something like Hosmer just goes to the bench. I mean, it's a sunk cost. You got to pay him anyway. I don't think there's any reason to necessarily yeah. play him. I think I think that's fair. Uh, Zach Greinke back to KC where it all began. Now he developed a home run issue last year that ele- elevated his ERA for sure, but it was still four seventeen, four sixteen, which is not horrendous. And he had a one seventeen WHIP. So even with a one six homer nine, because he allows so few base runners, it didn't even kill Greinke. If Kaufman can bring the homers back down to a reasonable. 1.1 type of mark. I think we could have another sub four ERA with a great whip Granky stream season. I think those that drafted him like pre this move have got to be feeling great about their innings eater that they got at a bargain price because I think this move jumps Granky's price up. What do you think? There's nothing better for a home run problem than Kaufman. Um, and I, I had him in the seventies because I didn't even know if he was going to play this year. Yeah. Um but uh I've moved him up to forty eight. I, I had him way low and I, I, I'm I wanna be jarred by what you just said, but I, I don't think I am. I don't know if I'm getting him that high, but I'm certainly getting him a lot high. like I just moved him up thirty eight spots. Now I had him way too low. Yeah, I mean I, I think I had a per- in the Pablo Lopez, uh Hyunjin Ryu, Luis Pitino, Anthony Descofani area. Um, I, I don't think that's unfair, and he's a whip odd too. And if you pair him with somebody who is more of a whip trouble but ERA type, you know, think pre twenty twenty one Robbie Ray type of guy. That's who I always think of, um, le- like that, where the ERA was always like sub, not always, but it could be sub four, but the whip would be like one thirty five. Pair pair Granky with somebody like that, and he's going to eat up the innings too. That's the thing. He threw one hundred and seventy one even mm-hmm. last year at age thirty seven. So. I like this move. I agree that it moves him up, and I'm I may move him down a little. I may move him down a little bit, but I can't see me like. Who would you rather have, Zach Granke or Marcus Stroman? Stroman. I think I'd rather have Granke. More strikeouts, but wait, nah, not necessarily. Granke's strikeout rate cratered last year, seventeen percent. It might, but 
Uh, he was already kind of living on a margin with a, he was like an 11% strikeout rate or uh, swinging strike rate. It went down to 9%. So that is two ticks. If he gets one of them back, sure. And he's living more at 10%. I could see the low twenties, but he also is going to have a pretty good defense behind him. He might just be pitching to contact and not worrying about strikeouts. I still take Stroh because he's like, what a decade younger too. I, I will do that. But um, again, I'm moving Grinky way up. I had him way too low. Uh, in the last couple of days, online championship leagues, he's still the 123rd pitcher at pick 295 for Granky. Wow. Um, I, I'm paying that all day. That's yeah. with the move. Like, that's with the move taking place. Um, he's he's right around Lazardo, Kikuchi, Lauer, Tyone. He, he's 38, man. People are not going to move Granky up to your level. So you're going to be able to get him a lot. Yeah. You can take him into Maine. You open to taking him into Maine? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely going to need to move him down. Yeah, 48 seems too high, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I got him in the 60s how now. bad his strikeouts went down. Yeah, it went down quite a bit uh, for Granky there. Uh, yeah, let's see. I'm, what's... Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move him down to move him down about eight spots. Okay. I think that I think that's that's uh, reasonable. You can definitely have him there with uh, without 55. incident. Jock Peterson, Jock Jams. You worried about Freddie Freeman? You guys got Jock Peterson, didn't that? Doesn't that count perfectly? It uh, does. The the, the tweet you know, I put the Freddie out. Freddie Freeman was the counter to Jock Peterson. That's right. That's right. The, the, the tweet I put out uh, when that move happened is that the the platooning will continue in earnest. Uh, they are making no bones about it. We already knew even before this, but like they've just got it set up where they can go righties and lefties uh, and platoon so many of these spots. Even though Jock's uh, uh, platoon split last year really wasn't out of pocket, it was it was pretty close to even. He's still going to be seen as a righty destroyer, sit against most lefties. Now here's the disconnect: he's kind of a name guy because he's, he's he's pretty popular and and has done some things. But is the fantasy value matching it? He had 18 homers last year, 61 ribbies, 55 runs, a couple chip-in steals, and a 238 average. Is there enough, even as a strong side platoon, for Jock Peterson to still be fantasy relevant in like a 12-teamer? In a 12-teamer, probably not. Okay. I mean, he is straight up going to platoon. Like he's yeah, not, of course, um, and he should. I, I don't yeah. put anything into last. Like last year, does not he? He was again about even. Uh, no, only seven point split, but that's that's one year. I don't I don't think his platoon has changed. I will say that the Giants have really optimized these platoon guys. Yeah, they have. I mean, Brandon Bell hit twenty seven home runs in like ninety something games last. That year. was just insane. But could you not see Jock Peterson doing the same? Yeah, I mean, he's hit like he's got a lot of power. Maybe not yeah. 97 games, but I, could I see like 25 plus homers in his like 130 games? So, yeah, I don't know that I want to draft him in a 12 teamer, but I could see him being viable in a 12 teamer. I could see him being picked up by like five teams across the season. Absolutely. Like up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm -hmm. In the last couple of days, he's only gone in one of those five online championships, pick 358 for Jock Peterson. Is that right? Should he not even go in every? You're, you're agreeing with he that, right? Those probably, are 12 yeah, teamers. he probably shouldn't go in every single one. Um, I'll just see if he moves up or if people yeah, go, oh, he's going to platoon. But and, like, and I, I just bypass him. I, I think this, I think some people are going to be like, well, he, he's never going to play full time. I don't think you want him to play full time. He is so bad um, against yeah. lefties. Like, I guess, no. Last year does not change. Dan Danielle's asked me, like, what's wrong with Jock Peterson? Why was he available? It's a like, can't hit lefties. Can't hit lefties. Like, he did last year, but that's 112 plate appearances. Yeah, he has a 200 point split for his career. They're, they're not gonna, even going to give him the opportunity. Not no, they're going like to lean on that. I mean, 610 career against lefties. There's mm -hmm. just no reason for them to even give Peterson the opportunity to try to figure it out. They got guys for that. Um, no, no team consideration. You, you don't necessarily need speed. Jack Peterson or Bradley Zimmer in a 12-teamer? Give me the upside he, of Zimmer. He was only drafted in two of those leagues. What about Sam Hilliard in Colorado? Same thing. The speed does not. Yeah, give me, give me the upside of Sam Hilliard. Here's one. Because I can, like I said, like you said, I can pick up Jock Peterson off the waiver wire. Yeah. 
Like yeah. if Hilliard come, if Hilliard, you know, with these swing changes that he's made in the offseason comes in and he's making more contact and he's not striking out 35% of the time, he could be a monster in Colorado. He Especially because he's going to play because re- he's a center really fielder and Connor him. Joe won't. <laughs> he, by the way, that also just, uh, you know, erases Rymel Tapia, who could take that center field job too. Also not very good. Neither of them are very good, which is why it was weird. Yeah, that whole bearing Connor Joe. <laughs> All right. Um, we ain't got this, time for more. Let, uh, I mean – no, this is a this, fun episode. I know you got to run. Yeah, this, this, um, good this, luck this, this weekend in tout. Uh, yeah, this is this is a moves only episode. It ended up being that way. We cannot mm-hmm. we cannot do the relievers. We will, there do the will relievers. not be a Sunday episode. Uh, okay. Jason oh, yeah, unfortunately uh, can't record. Um, and uh, so when's your uh, tout? Is it Saturday? You said mine is Saturday. So okay, it's mine Jason, Jason Saturday morning. Okay, mine is uh, Saturday afternoon. So I'll be following calls on Saturday. Um. But Jason and I are talking about getting together early next week uh, and before we leave for Vegas to do an episode strictly on tout. Both of okay. ours are OBP formats. Um, we've had some questions about, hey, can you do something on on base percentage? Yes, yes. And I, I don't want to do just that. like I just don't want to do like an episode of this guy improves in, on base percentage. This guy, improves. but I I want to talk about like how you construct your roster yes. differently in an on-base percentage league as opposed to an average league. Because in an, if, if Tout was an average league, I'd be absolutely punting batting average. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's a standalone. But you can't punt on base percentage. No, um, because guys that don't get on base are also obviously affecting your runs. And likely stolen bases too. So, yeah, um, good point, good point. Uh, so I, I think it'll be a, a fun conversation. I'm hoping to get that figured out before I leave for Vegas. Because uh, once I'm in uh, Vegas, I'm just like shutting the world out. Yeah, let's also talk because maybe we should try to get two episodes in before we go. We can do that. Um, I, I know, know we're both we night owls. We might might require a night crunch where we kind of do like because I mean we still have reliever, outfield, and starting pitcher. Yeah, um, we'll figure it out. So let's let's talk and 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 see see what's up because I don't want to. Uh, you know, a lot of drafts are going to be next weekend, and I'd like to get. It will not be easy, but maybe we have to do some some. I mean, we could also there. do an episode in Vegas. We can, we can. You and I could. I just don't carve out time. But I just don't know because the thing of it is, if we probably have to save the reliever for that one because that's going to be the shortest of the three, outfield and, and starting pitcher. I mean, those those are usually multi ups, but we might actually have to really keep each other on task and be like, okay, the top guys we're barely going to talk about. Like, I'm not going to do a whole rundown on Garrett Cole. Let's, let's move forward. We will cover them, but we will be quick on those thoughts and then get into the meat where people can really win the leagues with those mid tiers. So we'll talk about it offline. Uh, but yeah, this ended up being a, like, there's just so many moves and Luke Voigt gets moved to add to it. Literally 10 different moves to discuss. Uh, so we'll talk relievers, outfielders, and starting pitchers. We'll get it figured out. Justin, you have a great weekend. We'll be talking offline. Good luck in town. Take it easy.